Hello and welcome to the first podcast episode of The Villain, something that hopefully will become a weekly instalment of Villain News and Opinion from some supporters who don't always agree, but that should make for some interesting listening. I'm Josh Henwood and my co-hosts with me today and throughout the season, Ewan Wilson and Tom Crowder. How are we feeling today, lads? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Nice to uh, get one out early and also with a bit of optimism as well with the season ahead. Unfortunately, we are missing one in our ranks, our main man in Taiwan, Johnny Shi. And uh, if there are any Villa fans or a Villa fan group over there, hit us up because I'm pretty sure that he'd love to watch the games with some people over there rather than at home via AVTV. Yeah, he's a top man as well. He is, yeah. We'll, we'll hear from him every uh, every now and then. It's just a case of getting over that seven-hour time difference. That 40-degree heat as well. Exactly. So each week we'll look at the latest news and opinions and topics surrounding the villa and then unpick it for your listening pleasure. So, for example, today we're going to have a look at the news, of which there's been quite a lot of over the last few weeks, and then move on to a couple of hot topics, one being that the new Premier League fixtures are out, and then a segment that we're calling Thanks for the Memories Championship Hello Premier League, where we'll go through what we'll miss and won't miss from the country's second division and also have a little look forward to what it's like to be back in the big time. So uh, let's crack on with it, lads. The latest news. So one thing which we'll look on a little bit more in the show as we go along. The uh, new fixtures have been released. We start with away fixture at Tottenham. And we've got some friendlies in the book as well. Don't know if you guys have uh, been keeping an eye on that as much as uh, the rest of you on Twitter have. Well, I mean, like the the Leipzig one, for example, we've got on 3rd of August. I really want to go to that, but no one's involved. I'm going to go on a road trip. But what's holding you back, guys? Come on. I think it's just getting the money for it more than anything else. It's, it's uh, fine. You yeah, know, I it's like two forty or something. I don't know. Not for no. Yeah, which is unfortunate. We're going to have a massive following over there, though. I think that every single flight out of Birmingham and London towards Berlin and Nuremberg and Leipzig have all been taken up. And Minnesota is going to get a sizable following, too, from the USA groups. Our big man, Tom Hanks, will be there as well. Well, that is the uh, hope. He's been uh, he's been quite big in terms of uh, bigging us up on the James Corden show and a few other things as well recently. Yeah, I saw that. Which is always good. <laughs> And also a few more local friendlies as well. So Shrewsbury, Walsall, and then a uh, rather untraditional one at Charlton. But that'll be uh, that'll be a good way of getting us ready for the new season. Uh, what do you think, lads? Leipzig as the main one. Do you think that's a statement of intent in terms of where we uh, want to see ourselves playing against in the next few years? Yeah, I think it's the most interesting one because obviously a lot of the other ones, it's it's teams in the lower leagues, which won't really tell us much. Uh, in terms of how they're going to get on this season. So obviously a good Bundesliga side. Hopefully we can actually, you know, sort of get more of a gauge of how good Villa are because it's a bit of an unknown quantity, isn't it, going ahead into the Premier League? Yeah, definitely. And also Leipzig being a a Champions League team as well Mm. and continuing that next season. So it will be a definite judge of our character. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a good test for sure. So we have released a number of players uh, pretty much the week after getting back up into the Premier League. Just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on them. So to run through the list, Albert Adoma, Mika Richards, Mile Yedinak, Alan Hutton, Tommy Elphick, Glenn Whelan, Richie Delay, Mark Bunn, and also Ross McCormack by agreement as well. Uh, Ewan, what do you make of that list? Is there any there that stand out as those that you thought we should have kept or maybe just keep on a year rolling? Or do you think it's a case of cut and move on? As much as we all love Alan Hutton, as much as we love Glenn Whelan, 
those guys aren't going to be getting us that top six or top four uh, that we need. So in the likes of Albert Doma, that's a prime example. He When he first came, like he was ripping it up for Villa, but he's not going to cut it in the Prem, is he? Again, Alan Hutton, it was a fairy tale ending after that season, getting us up, scoring against Blues when I was in hysterics after he did a Lionel Messi through the centre of the field. It was amazing. Well, I want to get onto the Mark Bunn and the goalkeeper thing later on, but no, I think it's the right decision to get rid of not dead wood because they have been, they've all been good. Well, for some have been but... dead wood. Uh, okay, yeah. Michael yeah. Richards, obviously. And Ross <laughs> McCormack. Ross well, McCormack, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too disheartened by the, those people going, but yeah, yeah, we've got to move forward, haven't we? Fair enough. Tom, what about you? I think all Villa fans are in agreement. I think they all need to go. I mean, uh, I've seen Hutton's link with Wigan, which it tells it all, really, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. um, I think they're that calibre of player. Adoma, he tracked back, he worked hard, but he didn't really ever really even threaten most championship defences, to be honest. So you've got to get him gone. I'm not even going to bother with Richards. I'm not bothered with McCormack. Anyway, that's just a complete waste of money, isn't it? Um, so onwards and upwards would be my message. Yeah, I think that for me, uh, the ones that stand out in terms of our direction going forward is Adoma, Yedinak and Whelan. Three players mm. that you know we used a lot in the final stretch. And yeah. you know that they are genuine gaps currently in our mm. team. You know, the cent- they are. I think. Cent- well, I think the thing is, though, is to be good in the in the. Sorry to cut you off, but I think the, to be successful in the Premier League, Villa are going to have to work very, very, very hard. We're not going to have a lot of the ball a lot of the time, and I think you've got to have younger, fitter players. Um, and if you look at like Wheel and Yedinak, I, I just can't see that working. Oh, definitely. It was more of a case of do you keep them on, for example, a year rolling for a relatively cheap money deal and keep them on the bench because you know we we might not be able to recruit as many as as many as we're hoping to is it a case of you know keeping a couple on the books just to uh just as insurance but obviously they've got their they they know what they're doing they've got their plans their tactics and they're going forward with it and it is as you say it's a sign of positivity i think that that shows you more than anything actually the kind of positivity that there is in our recruitment team at the moment so you know while there are things there that a fair few Villa fans have brought up, you know, they've brought up Yedinak and Whelan in particular, but as you guys rightly say, it's a sign of intent and it's a sign of showing that we need certain players to make the the leap into the big time. So jumping on from that, straight to the new signings. Now, considering this is the first one that we've done of this, there's uh, quite a few to run through. I'm going to do them more in chronological order than anything else. So first of all, Jota coming in from Small Heath over the road. Two million pounds plus Gary Gardner. Plays on the right wing mainly, I believe. What are you guys' thoughts? He looks an absolute steal to me. When I was looking at some footage of him, you know, he could dribble, he seems to be able to whip in a decent ball. And for £2 million plus Gary Gardner, yeah, no, very, very happy with that. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I think I think he's... Um, I think what the price you've paid, you wouldn't want to be paying any more than that. But for the yeah. price you've paid, he's good enough. Uh, I don't think he's going to be starting. I think it's one of those squad players. But he's certainly better than the players that we've let go, so that's good. Oh, yeah, he's not going to be taking over El Ghazi or... Grealish or any of them, is he? But um, my my question here is, how much did we rate Gary Gardner at? Uh, 
<laughs> you know, if, if Jota's there at two mil, how how much did uh, did Gary Gardner sweeten the deal here? Because for them, remember, and also this is obviously in what was, you know, a very inexperienced Birmingham City side. You know, Gary Gardner was probably one of their best players. So, is it actually the case that Gary Gardner is probably worth two million to the Blues? I don't know. I think yeah, possibly. It seems odd. Maybe it's more. That he, uh, I think Gardner, you do get a bit of industry with him, and uh, maybe you're not getting that of Yotta. So maybe that's why they've gone for him. But uh, I certainly think Villa got the better end of that deal. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Oh, yeah. I, f- I think that we're all uh, we're all in agreement on that, and I think that Gary Monk's also in agreement on that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He is, yeah. <laughs> as he, of course, looks for another job now, and will probably make his way over to Derby and then relegate the Blues in May. Oh, I imagine that. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> scenes. It'd be bloody brilliant. Uh, <laughs> moving on, um, not too long after Jota or Hotter was uh, signed, uh, El Ghazi returned from Lille to. Rejoin us for four and a half million euros, according to Laquit. It was part of the buy clause that was in his loan agreement, and he will rejoin the side for that. Would probably work out to be about four million pounds. What do we think of that? Oh, I think that's brilliant. To be honest, I think um, you know he's fantastic. He was obviously fasting for Ramadan, and then he uh, he ate in the uh, before the playoff final. So. To be honest, I think he's a good player, um, and I think for that money, you can't say no to that at all. Yeah, we we had to sign him after through the playoffs as well, as you said, Tommy was amazing. Even to commit to breaking his fast, that just shows how much he cares about Villa as well. So also, yeah, some no. of the highlights um, reel of his goals, and some of them were absolute crackers. The one against Baggies, and there was another one. I forget who it was against. But it was his left footed finish uh, early on in the season from outside the box but he's got a lovely strike on him as well no you're going to have me reeling through uh, through Villa's <laughs> tweet yeah, over the last what, few he's, weeks he's now. on the edge it's edge of the box and it's a left footed finish I, 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 I can pi- I can picture it in my head I just can't think of it's like, it was yeah I don't no, know anyway. excellent but uh, yeah and, with, and for 4 million quid I think that's a steal Absolutely, I, I, and I think he'll be able to hold his own as well. I think it took him a while to acclimatise to the physicality of the championship, and I think that's something that Steve yeah. Bruce originally was stating when you know it, he had to try and find his legs. I also don't think that he fitted that well in Bruce's style of play, of which you can see as soon as Dean Smith came in and he used El Ghazi in mm. a much more proactive wing play style attack. You know that that yeah. fed on speed. I think you're right as well because our guards sometimes with these like wide wings, you get a little bit of luxury, luxury players. Do you know what I mean? They're not tracking back. Um, I think like. For example, Koji used to play on the left or right wing, didn't he? But he was never getting back. El Ghazi does do the dirty work as well, which I think is brilliant for what you need. He's good going forward, but he'll also you know, do the dirty work, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I also don't think that Koji is supposed to be a left mid as well, but we'll get on to that. Yeah, we'll get on to that on another show, I think. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. El Ghazi does have the industry there as well. And as you both mentioned with the uh, the with the passion, that he has it's something of which you need especially in what is going to be an incredibly difficult season no matter how you look at it even if we do end up having a season a la Wolves it's still going to be based on industry and grit so uh, moving on to the next one so this one's not actually signed sealed and in the book yet but uh, Big Wes or Wesley Marais from Club Bruges for a 
record fee of 22 million plus add-ons. 22 years old, 17 goals last year, and is the holder of the Belgian Golden Schoen, so the gold shoe. Good pronunciation. You've practiced that. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, you've practiced that. Well, <laughs> Dutch. Yeah, why not? It's better than the French pronunciation. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to pick you up on it. <laughs> Well, if I'm going to agree to do these sort of shows, I'm going to have to at least try the other languages. But uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you guys have seen tape on him. I've seen tape on him as well. Um, he played a few Champions League games as well last season. Didn't look terribly out of place. Uh, looks a big fella with physicality, but also is able to. It seems that his best talent is to break the offside trap, break the offside trap, and get the through balls into the box. You know he'll he'll see a through ball get into the box and then finish it off. I mean, what do you guys think? I I think that this could be a make or break sort of signing where if it goes well, it goes really well and Benteke esque. But if it goes badly, it's Ross McCormack and looks terrible for even more money. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're spot on. I think the thing I like. Well, let's be honest, none of us had heard of him two weeks yeah. ago. But um, I think there was a lot of thing with like Tammy Abraham. Like, a lot of people were thankful for the job he did. I know twenty six goals, but I think a lot of people there's still those doubts about whether he would do it in the Premier League. And when I, I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't know how confident we'd feel going into the season with Tammy up front. I know it sounds silly to say, but do you know what? a lot of goals at home and a lot of like penalties and stuff as well? So maybe that made him. Uh, I know stats don't lie, but. I wasn't always completely sold that Tammy would be worth the money. So I really like, you know, th- this guy. But I think he looks big and strong, which is the main thing. And I was reading earlier, he's had quite an interesting story, hasn't he, coming into football. So hopefully he's not like a prima donna or anything. He's going to roll up his roll his sleeves up and sort of uh, get stuck in a bit as well. I'm, I've not read that. What, what was it? I've been waiting for it. So uh, <laughs> apparently when he, he was, he's had a, he had a child at 15 and then another one at 16. And then he was like working in a factory in Brazil uh, and then he moved to then he moved to Belgium. So I think wow. um, you know he's had quite a bit of a you know not like the kind of life of Riley that some of the players um, yeah. probably from Europe yeah. Have. So this comes from the story that was in the Times about a week ago, where it said that his dad had died when he was quite young, about twelve. Then at fifteen, sixteen, he'd had a uh, did you say a couple of uh, children by then? Yeah. Yeah, 15, 15 and 16, 16 right. Yeah. So by 16, he's got two kids. He's working in a factory in Brazil, takes up football at 16. And then, yeah, wow, takes really? up football at 16. Wow. And now he's uh, he's primed to be in the Premier League. I'm very cautious not to say that he's a Premier League player yet because he still needs to pass the work permits. He oh, still needs to get his work yeah. permit in, of which... That's going to be Pete Villa that's turned down, isn't <laughs> Well, if, if you remember, it's not exactly <laughs> no, that long ago. It's not exactly that long ago that we uh, had work permit problems. Brad Guzan, for example, failed his work permit the first time around. Yeah, because isn't it a certain amount of international appearances you need or something like that? Yeah, there, there is a point like... system. I'm pre- I'm there is a sure. point system. It's based on a number of different things for Prem players. One is, is he coming from a... Um, from a league that is one of the top leagues go around. The other is, you know, has he played in any big competition? So the Champions League would tick that box. Um, Is he in the top quarter percentile of transfer fees brought into the league? So at 22 to 25 million, you could make a case for that. 
and then it goes on from there. So pe- people at the club are positive that it will get through, and they definitely wouldn't have put out something on the Villa site if they weren't positive, but it's not done yet. Apparently he's in the country at the moment, awaiting news on that and then to do his medical so hopefully we'll hear within the week indeed so uh next one up another loney returning to us courtney hauser we bought the house indeed our house house, (laughs) and we can now say it's our house three million pounds from walls again it was a uh, buy clause that we had with Wolverhampton Wanderers. We ponied up the dough. We brought him in. Nice and steady centre-back for that price. I'm not exactly... It's not one that's going to, you know, cause shockwaves, but it just shows a nice bit of business and strength in depth. Yeah, and I think with with Mings still uncertain, Axel Tuanzebi unlikely to come back as well, then we definitely had to get him signed up, didn't we? Uh, I mean, because other than that, we've got... Chester. Yeah. Effectively. I mean, if you <laughs> actually look at our team at the moment, we have a lot of gaps. You know, people are saying that this is going to be an incredibly exciting season, this, that, and the other. We need to wait for the work to be done before we can even assess as to where we are. Some people are saying that we'll do a Wolves and go straight into the Europa League, and some are saying that we're going straight back down. I would just like to keep my mouth shut until at least late July, early August, because, you know, there's so much work to do in the market. And again, with strikers as well, like, uh, okay, we'll get, um, hopefully get Wesley, big Wes, but um, aside from that, we've got Codger, but I I feel like we will need to bring in another... It depends as to what we do with Scott Hogan as well. Now he's come back to us, and there are rumours linking him to uh, a number of different clubs. Bristol City, for example, are thinking about bringing him on. So, you know, there's a number of things there. Mm. Again, though, is, is is would Hogan be big enough for Prem, though? You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I don't think he's I don't think near he good enough for that. But no. then, yeah. So that's why I still think we need another, not only a massive signing, but like a decent signing up front as well. But as you say, there's still plenty of time. Still got another six weeks or so. The, yeah, uh, and, so, and something that I will say about that sort of line of thinking is that not every single one of them needs to be Premier League ready or ready to battle it out 90 minutes week in, week out. You know, if you think about some of the players that are in some mm. of the squads, you know, they are literally there as depth players to run out for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, you think about some of the players that we had when we were in the Prem, you know, it's... What well, we relegated. Absolutely, but it does show as to what some people called Premier League ready at that time. You know, so mm-hmm. there is a bit of toing and throwing as to what's called players like Ho. I I agree with you. I don't think that he is good enough to be a starting player in the Prem, but he could definitely come off the bench and score a goal or two. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's okay. We're allowed to argue and be derisive on this show. That's what it's all about. It'd be boring if we just agreed. No, I. Th- I, I... Yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, we're not going to have... Um, you, you do need your odd... There's going to be a few players in this squad that people are a bit unsure about, that's for sure, because obviously, you know, we're the new boys in the Premier League, aren't we? We're going to have to rely on your Scott Hogan's, etc. at yeah. some point. Before. And also, finally, on the signings front, one of which was always one of ours anyway, but we've extended his deal, Jed Steer has now doubled his money. With a new contract over four years, he will now be earning £20,000 a week, according to sources. I think it's deserved. I think that it opens up a lot of questions in terms of the goalkeeping hunt. 
Um, you know, we're linked with Butland, we're linked with Heaton, we're linked with uh, every goalkeeper that you can think of under the sun at the moment. But uh, this definitely throws a lot of things into the water. I don't know what you guys think about it as to whether or not he should have got a new deal despite what he uh, did for us towards the end of the season. Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, funny enough, I uh, obviously live in Chelmsford, so I never thought we'd Villa would influence Chelmsford much, but because um, we had, Jed still was on yeah. at Charlton, wasn't he? Uh, and, and Chelmsford's had uh, Charlton's goalkeeper, uh, on loan for them, and then when Villa are called Jed Steer, they were called the uh, goalkeeper. So that's a bit of an odd one, but I think he's good enough. I think certainly he's like a second, maybe third choice goalkeeper. Um, but I don't know how confident you'd be about the first uh, first choice. You and yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think he does definitely deserve the extension. Um, that since Nyland was injured, I couldn't really fault him. There was no major blunders that I can recall. I was just preparing the Twitter hatches down <laughs> then. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, but I thought he definitely deserved Again, um, when Nyla comes back, well, it depends what happens with Butland, which I'm sure you're going to talk about uh, in a minute, but whether it be a, yeah, a second or a third uh, keeper, then yeah, right, right. So um, the rumor mill at Villa has been exhausting, and I'm just going to say because Villa <laughs> Twitter has this insane ability to cause a fuss about nothing and then turn on itself, and then throw in a bit more drama, and then I mean, for example, the only real massive news that we've had in this uh, transfer window so far, which is the introduction of Big Wes, as he should forever be known as, to the club has was completely under the radar. None of the Indian in the nose had any idea. He, it was all of a sudden happening. A Belgian journalist picked up on it, threw it out to everyone probably about three or four hours before AVFC put out a release on it. So there's been a number of different players that have been linked. The f- main four that seem to have legs in terms of the rumours just because they've been going around the longest. The first one's no surprise at all, Tyrone Mings. Um, the fact that there is no deal yet, I think, shows that this one's going to go down to the wire, or at the very least it's going to take quite a long time for it to be done. I, I assume that Bournemouth are going to play hardball and try and get as much money as possible, which is their prerogative. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got a club that... You know, consider him to be one of your top two or three talismanic players from you know a record campaign of which it, what which is what it was for Villa towards the end. It was a record campaign, and Tyrone Mings played a massive part in that. Then you know, if you're Bournemouth, you're going to be licking your lips at that. Yeah, so that doesn't really yeah. surprise me. I'm hearing fifteen to twenty million. Is there a fee where you say, nah, it's all right, we'll go elsewhere? I think it's above 20, if I'm honest. I think yeah. I, th- I think a lot of Villa plans are sort of very confident it was going to happen. I think recently, though, I think people are getting a little bit, you know, it looks like 10%, didn't it? Whereas now it's sort of about maybe 70%. I don't think I'd go over 20 just because he hasn't actually played yeah. that much Premier League football. Yeah, but then, I don't know, like Big Wes, obviously 22 million potentially, Um Wait, well, tw- done, 22 sorry. plus um, uh, add-ons for Big West, yeah. Yeah, and you know how long's he been? How long has he been at Bruce? Uh, a couple of years, I think, two or three years. 
I don't know. I think I, I would go up to I would go over twenty personally. Um, just how how solid he was last year. Absolute unit. Hardly ever gave the ball away at the back, if ever. And twenty five. I know you don't expect, and you if you're paying twenty five million or whatever, you would expect that not to happen. Uh, but I still think we need another solid defender. And if we have to pay twenty five million, so if I was to push you for a maximum me. fee, Ewan, what would your maximum fee be? Thirty. Thirty. Thirty million. Just 30 pull that. Million. Pull that out of thin okay. air. Thirty million. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm not in charge, um, <laughs> I, I think I veer more towards Tom than I do you, Ewan. I'm thinking twenty two and a half, maybe. That's a shame. You know, if you're really going to be pushing the boat, but. You know, there have got to be other options if they start pushing it that far out. I think, I think there's a reason why I've never <laughs> do very well on Football Manager. I spend too much money on Ewan Wilson, folks, the guy who has fifty million pound in his transfer kitty and blows it all on one player who has a promising future and brought and got, in from yeah. AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> sucked. I got sucked by Christmas last time I played it. I just raked it. You know? But 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 please anyway, listen to us and on. our opinions, guys. Honest, uh, Jack. <laughs> I'm just a wild card. I just throw in <laughs> stupid opinions now and then, just to And that's why we're here. <laughs> uh, Jack Butland, uh, 20 million to 25 million seems to be the asking price from Stoke. Um, he's obviously played for England. He's got a Premier League track record. Still quite young. What are we thinking? And then you also have to take into effect the uh, the steer deal as well, and whether or not that clouds your judgment. Mm. Uh, I think that one's I, that's my number one. I'd say I think having a good goalkeeper is essential. Um, and then I think Steers. I don't think he's good enough to be number one. Um, so if you if you've got Butland and um, Steer, then I think that's a solid setup. But twenty twenty five million. I don't know. I would say you'd be able to get the price down because it's a lot of Championship club. You know, it's a Championship club. But you're going to have quite a few suitors coming in for him. I would have thought. So you're probably going to. Yeah, it seems to be that every single keeper that we're linked with, Bournemouth are linked with. So I think that you're always going to have the tug of war price wise. Um, Ewan, what do you think? Twenty twenty five million Butland. Do we even need him? well, but obviously, yeah. with Mark Bunn's gone, hasn't he? Um, Nyland should be back by the start of the season. I there or thereabouts. Well, uh, Kalinic is off, isn't he? Heard is he? something he to that effect. Um, you know, knots are apparently in for him. As to whether or not that gets over the line or not mm. is, uh, you know, you don't you don't assume until it's done. Yeah, because it, it depends what happens with that. If if Kalinic does end up going, then absolutely twenty million is fine. I, I don't know. Something tells me Nyland Ooh, could shouts. do it in the Prem. No, I, <laughs> I know nothing about goalkeeping, as you know, Josh. But I thought the, sec- the second half of the season before he got injured... He was, was getting back into solid. it. Um, he was. I will give you that. He was, yeah. And I think... Nope. I'm yeah, hearing so derision there from Tom. It's... Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I don't think you... From crosses, I think he looked awful. Um, and I think... Um, you know, long throws into the box. I just was never confident. Shot stopping, yes, but you, you kind of expect that from a professional goalkeeper. It doesn't look the big enough frame for me. Like I, I know that's quite old school, um, but it just looks a bit sort of sly. Um, and I think you just get bullied against some of the lower sides. Yeah, I, I yeah, maybe. maybe I mean, for what it's worth, I think that if we brought in Butland and shipped off one keeper, whichever keeper it is, I think that then we would have a stable 
a stable goalkeeping core again. And I think that that is the main thing to take away from this. No matter what keeper we bring in, I would want that keeper to be starting and worthy of starting. And then after that point, we shouldn't have to address the goalkeeping question again for a long time. I think that before before we got relegated, we never really had these questions. You know, Guzan took over from Friedel, who took over from... Um, that we did have a little bit of a uh, turbulent po- point there, but then before then, Thomas Sorensen, David James, Mark Bosnich, you know, we've always had relative, and then Nigel Spink, you know, we've always had quite stable goalkeeping cores, which I think is essential at this level. I think that we've sort of had to go away from it, mostly because we didn't want to spend the money, and then we took a risk. Um, we took a risk with Newland and we've taken a risk with Kalinic. So it's an interesting point of the off-season to be once again dipping into the keeping market, but this should be able to draw a line under it one way or another. So moving on, we're going to try and get through these last two in one go. A um, couple of um, CDMs that we've been linked with, one being Calvin Phillips from Leeds and the other and this is another awesome name and also from Club Bruges Marvellous Akamba um, both linked at around 20 million Marvellous has played in the Champions League Calvin Phillips made a massive name for himself at Leeds this year and I think that the Leeds fans see him the same way that we see Grealish so I don't think that that one's got the legs mm, I mean that's that is silly money isn't it like <laughs> 20 million on, well, 15 to 20 million on Calvin Phillips. I mean, I, well, I don't know. Let's switch it around, though. If I told um, you last season that Fulham were in for Jack Grealish at 20 million, what would you say? That's a really good that's, that's <laughs> <irrelevant> question. <laughs> but that's the question that leads, that, that's pretty much what leads are doing yeah, to us at obviously. the moment. They're pretty much reversing that question onto us. I think he's a very important part of their side. Mm. Okay, I take I take that point. Um, the uh-huh. thing with marvelous Akamba, fantastic name. Um, that is a lot for. So again, I don't seem to know a lot, but I don't know much about him. But having seen a few clips of him as well, um, there were there weren't very many. I saw one of him scoring an absolute rocket, and the other clips there was a few decent tackles, but there was there was nothing outrageous. And if we're going to compare the twenty million with Jack Grealish and Calvin Phillips. I know that's it is different because it's how much it's worth to each club. It just seems very expensive, especially when again maybe I'm comparing this to how cheap we got McGinn, how cheap we've got Jota or Jota, and El Ghazi as well. You know, four million pounds or thereabouts, twenty million pounds <coughs> for someone who I see not necessarily as well established. Again, I could be talking absolute nonsense, slikely, but that's my opinion. Yeah, Tom? why it's an expensive price tag. I think Phillips is a really good player. I mean, obviously, he's never played in the Premier League, so that's another thing. But I think, I just I just don't think Leeds are going to let him go. Um, and I think with these kind of things, you're kind of, not reliant on this horrible thing to do, but you kind of want to unsettle them a little bit and then hope that they sort of have a word in the clubs here and say, look, I do want to go. I don't think he's going to do that. Um, so therefore, you're, you're, do you see what I mean? Leeds don't have to sell. He I don't think he's going to be pushing for the move at all, so I don't yeah. think that's going to get over the line at all. Unless Villa which plays we're not silly money, um, which, which we're not going to do. So I think that one's dead in the water. I think, marvellous though, I think that's um, 
has got a lot more legs to it. But again, it's one of those. It's the same as what we were saying earlier about Wes's. Yeah. Right, I tell you what, let's move away from transfers because we're going to be bogged down in transfers for weeks. Um, season tickets. We've had to cap season tickets for what I believe is the first time ever. 30,000 it's been capped at, which means that we have a waiting list. It's broken the previous record of 27,000. And yeah, we've got Claret memberships brought back yesterday, which I think that uh, I think each of us are going to have to get, considering that uh, none of us are season ticket holders. So we're, uh, we're going to need... That in, but how fantastic is that to see the fact that we'll have 30,000 season ticket holders and then 8,000 tickets readily available for the rest of us to scrap for week in, week out? I'm envisioning sellouts week in, week out, home and away. I mean, how excellent is that? Yeah, no, that is, is insane. Um, it's amazing. You know, first time, <laughs> first time, that's the first time ever we've had to put a cap on season tickets. That is insane. And again, that Claret membership. In a way, it's... I don't know. What, what are your opinions on that? Obviously, at 35 quid, it's not exactly loads of money and you're not guaranteed... You guarant- would you be guaranteed with that 35 quid to get... Basically, well, you're in front of the general sale queue. So I think that, right? you know, if, if you're yeah. savvy about when the tickets go on sale, I think that you'd be all but guaranteed to get a ticket. Yeah, and so it, it's more like, like 25 quid. Yeah. As well, so it's effectively 25 quid. So it's, if, if you... Uh, yeah, it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, other clubs do it. You know, many of the big clubs especially have different colour schemes, you know, gold, silver, bronze schemes. So, you know, with different priority windows and that sort of thing. Final bit of news, just uh, looking at the fan consultation group meeting. So, Perslow has uh, told us that FFP has been passed by the EFL with no issues, of which means that all those rumours were were dead in the water. The fact that we rushed the hotter deal in before the end of the EFL season is testament enough to that. So I think that uh, we're all fine on that. That's obviously subject to an audit, but I think that by adding an extra two million to that potential issue shows that there's no issue at all. The transfer policy wasn't spoken on all that much, just that the recruitment team is all in agreement that we need to play with Smith's style of play. We are getting at Villa Park new big screens and a improved PA system. So that will be uh, something interesting. We are going full big time at Villa Park. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, that'll be good for especially next season with VAR. Yes, we as get well, to see the replays as um, well with VAR well, as well. Be bigger screens enough, but, uh, yeah. How mad is it that we'll exactly, be able yeah. to in places like Anfield? Won't you know? Anfield is one of the places that don't have <laughs> a screen. Yeah, but we're a big and, club, aren't we? Yeah, so. That would be uh, that would be quite a fun development. In terms of Villa Park developments, there's yeah. no plans for it yet, but I'm pretty sure that if we keep selling on selling out at forty two thousand a week, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to end up expanding at some point. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything of note in terms of that. So I'm going to jump straight into the first little segment, just a quick look at the fixtures, because obviously that came out last week to a lot of fanfare. Does the Prem feel more real to you guys now, now that we've got the fixtures out? Uh, <laughs> no, not, not really. Um, I mean, I think it can it can work both ways when the fixture list comes out. You know, personally, I don't get hyped about it. 
there's still two months is still or however long it is until the actual season kicks off we've still got all the uh, transfer window to come okay we know where we're going to be on what dates but it's it's there Fair enough, Tom. Um, yeah, I kind of get the hype. I mean, it's a long summer, isn't it, between it? So anything that you, you know, you can talk about us, I guess. I think it's a really nice fixture list, though, for Villa, because actually we were speaking about it earlier, weren't we? In terms of it's not like a massive backlog of like City away, United away, Arsenal at home, or anything like that. So it's relatively spread out, which is quite nice. And I think it's quite nice to start away to Tottenham as well, because the first game is always a bit. You know, no one's hit their stride. We might yeah, that's a, that's actually a good way of thinking about it. I hadn't thought about that. A number of fans, myself included, are getting a little miffed at the fact that we are, you know, we're away first game again, and we seem to get away fixtures first quite a lot. But that's actually a good way of looking at it. It's almost like a freebie in effect. And I think that the away supporters as well are liking it because of the fact it's a new stadium. You know, they're going to the new Tottenham Stadium first game in. You know, it's a real it's a real representation of welcome back you know this is what we've been doing whilst you've been gone catch up and imagine if we it go there and smash it three nil how amazing would that very, be very very good indeed <laughs> um, yeah tom as you were saying i quite like the way that the fixture list has worked out there are some peaks and troughs for sure something of which i would attract people's attention to is the fact that it's quite a nice start after tottenham you know you got bournemouth everton palace west ham uh, Arsenal, Burnley, Norwich, you know, that's from mid-August all the way through to the, you know, to mid-October. Um, but then we're hit with a pretty bad November. So October, November, Man City, Liverpool, Wolves, Newcastle, United, Chelsea. That's at the start of December. Then a nice Christmas. Leicester, Sheffield, United, Southampton, Norwich, Watford, Burnley on New Year's Day. And then it, the only other one then that's a bit of an issue is March to April. So you've got Chelsea, Newcastle, Wolves, Liverpool, Man United in March and April. So that shows me that if we are in a bit of a battle at the bottom, we're going to want to have 30, 35 points by March. You know, we're going to want to be practically over the line. Yeah, I think it's it's imperative. We, yeah, it's it, that, the start of that season is going to be really important. We have to uh, get points on the board early. Like, obviously, it'd be nice to beat Spurs. I can't see it happening personally, but... Um, <laughs> Bournemouth, that first home game, we need to state our intent there and just keep the point as many points as we can rolling in until we hit that uh, ridiculous. Yes, yeah, I, I think uh, at the start we're going to have to hit the uh, hit the ground running. Uh, Tom, I, I guess that we already know your views on that, but uh, anything else to add? No, not really. I think, um, like you said, I think a good start would be nice because I think I think we're going to start doubting whether we um, are good enough to be in that league if we sort of have um, a bad four or five first games. But I think with Tottenham, it is a bit of a free hit, isn't it? If we play well, we lose. But, you know, we that, I think, gives us confidence. So, obviously, if we get something from it, fantastic. But even like a, even if we lose, but we were yeah. to play well, I think um, a lot of people... Nice one. So, uh, yeah, that's the fixtures done. Let's go to our feature for today. Thanks for the memories. Championship, hello, Premier League. So, uh, we're going to go round the horn a few times... Each of us will come up with one thing that we will miss about the championship, one thing that we will not miss about the championship, and one thing that we are looking forward to in the Premier League. We'll go through a few times, so you know, just say the first thing that comes uh, into your mind. Uh, Ewan, let's start off with you. Right. Uh, thing I'm going to miss about the Fair championship, enough. Villa Blues. <laughs> um, it's just 
insane. Um, thing, something that I won't <laughs> miss about the championship. So you say you're doing a two in one there, right? It's horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's you know what it's like. Um, it's when we beat them, it's amazing. But the day, the you know, when you go into the stadium or during the game, you're just a nervous wreck. It's horrible. Um, so that's why I'm going to miss it, but also not. Um, and I'm just going to look forward to taking it to the big boys again. You know, um, as I said, hopefully we can we can stay up or finish well in the first season back. And if within three, four, five years or so, we could be pushing for that uh, that top top five, six, four, um, then brilliant. But I'm just looking forward to getting, you know, going to your yeah. Anfields, going to your uh, Old Trafford. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's quite interesting that you put Villa and Blues in the uh, thing you'll miss and won't miss. That's uh, the same with me as well. Um, because last Thursday the fixture list came out and I know that a lot of people, especially on Villa Twitter, were there going, oh, looking to see where the Villa Blues game is. Oh, wait, not there. But there was a twinge of disappointment because it's one of the first things I look out for. You know, first game of the season, last game of the season, mm. Boxing Day and Villa Blues. And looking for Villa Blues, and I was like, oh, wait, no, actually not. So, you know, it's a down on that one, but I hate going to the games. Love beating them, hate going. But it's one of them. Tom? Um, I think the thing I'll miss the most will be the fans um, of other teams. I think if you meet, like, I know it sounds silly, but if you meet, like, a fan of, I don't know, Leeds, Sheffield United, they seem to be a bit more. um, You know, you get a lot of people that go to games, that watch it, they're a lot more passionate. I think in the Premier League, that's the thing I'll like least I think it's just the you know the condescending tone that you get from like top six supporters um and I think that's the key bit for me as well but also I really enjoyed watching um the championship in terms of like you can really spot who's a really good player yeah. who's good for that too good for that level if that makes sense so you know you can almost appreciate it more when they're playing above you know playing against players that aren't quite as good as them you can sort of see it whereas you know in the Premier League I don't know whether you can always... Um, I'm not sure a lot of the fans really appreciate who's a good okay. player and who's not. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point, actually. And thing you're looking forward to most? thing I'm looking forward to will be not having transfer windows where Jack Grealish is sort of, you know, watching you keep hold of him. And like, I put... You know, like clubs like Fulham I would say, I, I probably... Palace, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. coming in for your players, like, shut up. You know, yeah, I was going to... Go on, go on. Fast forward, te- like I don't know, go back ten years. You know, you would kind of accept it if Man United or I don't know, it was Man City when they took all of our players. You, you think, you know what? Okay, but it's just it hurts so much when it was like Crystal Palace or LinkedIn. It was like no. So that would be the thing I'm <laughs> yeah. most looking forward. So, uh, to. It's more so for me, the those. thing that I'll miss about the championship the most, I think, will be the gravitas that we sort of had in the division. I know that sounds like a pretty you know, condescending thing to say almost mm. to other teams, but I enjoyed being able to watch a game and, you know, the onus be on us. You know, it was coming to Villa Park. It was, you know, the histories behind us. There is an almost romance with Villa, of which I think that we'll get lost by the commercialization and the yeah. sheer you know, need to win at all costs that the Premier League brings. You know, there, there is a sense of the romance dying 
a bit and you get mm. that a lot in terms of for example the way that the tv fixtures are done you know villa were always on the tv in the championship but also the commentary when we scored and things like that you know it was all very you know just pumping the romance into each fixture into each goal everything meant something you know i think that in the prem we're gonna see a number of times where you know there are almost dead rubber situations or you know that it, it all just seems too clinical so I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't end up being too clinical but that's one of the things I'm looking out for. In terms of the things that I won't miss, the officiating. The difference in standards between the Prem and the Championship is insane. <laughs> and I definitely took for granted the officiating that was in the Prem, thinking it would be the same all the way down almost. But no, there is definitely a hierarchy and it is a lot bigger than I expected. Um, but, you know, I'd go to a game and I'd try not to make it about the refs when I'm thinking about the game, but it would just be there. And, you know, it ruined a lot of games for me, especially when you consider, you know, the time wasting tactics of which in the Prem, you know, it's cracked down on a lot more and the championship refs just don't seem to have a handle on it. Even though they're in the rougher division, you'd have thought that they would have, uh, you know, jumped at the chance of being a bit more authoritative. But there you go. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. then. In that case, then let's wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> in about a fortnight's time, as there's probably not enough news to warrant a weekly show yet until we get in towards August. And also, there's the small matter of me being in Madrid next week, so uh, I won't be able to host it. Um, yeah, is. Any other business? I mean, any other sports that we're looking forward to? I know that Tom's currently watching the India-Afghanistan game. Got the Women's World Cup on currently. We've crashed out the Euros, but... I was just going to wanted to give a bit of a shout-out to the Women's World Cup. Um, it's been amazing. I don't, I don't know what you guys... I've, it's I know finally you guys getting the well recognition it deserves. I think we're finally yeah, getting to a place awesome. where women's football yeah. is getting enough of a yeah, shout definitely. in mainstream media. And I think it's about time. I- I'm going to go to a few Villa women's games next season. Mm. Mm. You know, we're seeing we're seeing it being more promoted as well, and the quality is only going to get better. So why not be part of that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's it then. Yeah, true. Ooh, fantastic. Um, thanks very much, you yeah, and well Tom. Both been great. So that was the first podcast episode of The Villain. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did and feel like hearing more from us as the season goes on, then give this podcast a follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Be sure to give our social handles a follow as well, at The Villain AVFC, as we're always posting more and more on there as well. We're excited to give this a go, and uh, we're also looking to improve our podcasting skills all the time, so uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in a fortnight, and stay safe till then. Up the villa.